Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another week of Vikings Happy Hour. Uh, I am stoked this week. Uh, we have a new member for Climbing the Pocket, Tanishka. She's here to join us this week. Um, and then we got my, my guy Ryan as well, back for another week. Um, here to talk about all things uh, Mike Hughes, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, do guards matter, should we overpay him, the whole kit and caboodle, we got it here tonight. So um, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Ryan? Fantastic. Ready to, ready to get this uh, conversation going. Uh, got my favorite beer here again. Bringing it back, we got Angry Inch Brewing oh here in Lakeville, Minnesota, and I'm drinking the Menage a Trois today. So, um, hopefully, you guys are enjoying. Uh, will enjoy this content and enjoy your favorite beer as well. You got a whole growler there. Well, it's more economical. I'm going through way too many crawlers that uh, I was wasting too much money. So <laughs> we went to growlers. Tanishka, you got anything you're drinking tonight? <laughs> hey, I said grab a beverage of choice, so Coca-Cola is the way to go. I like it. Yes. Um, I am a fountain pop guy, though, or would you say fountain soda? I know some people don't like pop for soda, but <laughs> uh, David, what do you got? I have got tonight an Odell Brewery Mercenary. Tropical IPA. I know the gloss is true, bad. Yeah. Uh, it's a double IPA, 9.3 ABV. Ooh. It is. You even got, got higher than me today. Yeah. And it's got the nice dry finish that I like. And it, it's quite quite a good beer. Brewed up in Fort Collins, Colorado. You guys keep like just going up and up on, on your ABV. And I'm dropping this week. <laughs> I, uh, I went to Boom Island. Uh, and got their their Abbey Blonde, so it's only five point three percent, but uh, delicious it's, it's beer. Though it is very good. I oh, I just yeah, saw I it, and um, so with that being said, let's uh, let's dive in here. Uh, we got the first the first topic we wanted to talk about um, is Mike Hughes um, and his fifth year option. Um, I know that we chatted about it a little bit last week on the show. Uh, just briefly, but I felt like it was a good time to really dive into it and really get to the bottom of who Mike Hughes is and what he's done while he's been here um, as a Minnesota Viking. So I could not find for the life of me, though, what this fifth year option would cost the Vikings. Um, I searched for maybe like 20 minutes and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and, you know, I, th- I think it's somewhere around that eight million mark. But regardless, Ryan, we'll start with you. Uh, we might have some some connection issues with Tanishka there. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off? Your thoughts on Mike Hughes? Should the Vikings um, give him that fifth year option? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I don't think that one. We have that cap uh, space going into the even next year to really afford what he brings to the table, which is injuries and mediocre play went so far that we've seen 
He's shown some flashes. I think that he has a lot of talent. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to realize that talent. Um, and when he is playing, it seems like he's playing hurt. So again, we haven't gotten to see the true Mike Hughes. I think we got a little taste of it his rookie year and he did show flashes. It looked good. Uh, but go, you know, going into, you know, that after that, um, injury, his rookie year, I think it was an ACL tear, I believe. Um, and, and going into the, you know, that next year, he just wasn't the same guy. He looked a step slower, a step less explosive, but again, still showed some flashes. So, you know, uh, but again, got injured again and then got, you know, he keeps getting injured. So it's hard to really trust uh, Mike Hughes at this point, anything more than, um, a, a welcome sight if it does come to fruition. But right now, given the fact that we have to make that decision, there's no way we can. Um, and then hopefully he shows out this year and proves to us that we don't need to have another guy on the team that, that we need to bring in. And we'll hopefully, I mean, again, if he plays well or plays well, maybe we can give him a decent, you know, mid-sized contract going into next offseason. We got a strong comment in there saying that they just cut Hughes and saved the 1.17. What do you guys think of that? Tanishka's shaking her head no. What, what do you <laughs> I think? I think so. I still think that he has, like, a ton of talent. And it's just, with him, it's just been so unfortunate because he's been hurt. It's been a different thing every single year. But I think that he brings a lot to the team as a whole, even if, it's not on defense because I feel like they could get him to return. He'd be better than Osborne. But um, even then, I just don't think cutting him is worth it. Just let him play. If he's hurt, then okay, we're done with him. Then he'll he'll add something of value to the group as a whole. But not long term. I don't think a fifth year option should be on the table just because of his past. Maybe if he shows out and actually stays healthy, it's a different story. But I don't think it's really worth cutting him because he definitely is talented. Yeah, I, I was, agree. Um, I was just going to yeah, say, I was, was going to say, go ahead. Matt. <laughs> I was saying that uh, I was reading a, a PFF article by uh, by Brad over there, and um, he had he had. Mike Hughes's stuff all ranked out of like when he entered the league and kind of his PFF ranking and um, 128th out of 183 qualifying corners. Uh, he, he posted a 58.0 overall grade since 2018. Uh, granted he's only played in 24 games. So sample size is small, but still um, to both your guys' points uh, he's just been, he's been hurt. Um, and I, I personally feel bad for him. I think we all can remember when he was a rookie, um, he came in, he had that pick six. And I think we all were just like, boom, we got the cornerback of the future. We're ready to roll. And then a few weeks later, tears his ACL. And then we roll into 2019 and he just can't, can't stay healthy there either. So um, what were you going to say there, Ryan? Well, you know, um, you know, to, to get the guys in the chat involved here a little bit, you know, you're right. He hasn't stayed healthy and yes, he has showed potential, but again, staying healthy, I don't think it's really a smart move to move on because the 1.17, you're not going to probably find a replacement talent level at that price. So again, he can't stay healthy. He might not even play who knows. But the risk, I think, of only risking that 1.17 to um, to get the 
potential of getting the the play that he can do if he stays healthy, which is a big if. But I think that 1.17 million is worth the risk because what are you going to, I mean, yeah, you, that it'll be nice to save that money, but you're not going to get much replacement for that same amount of money elsewhere. If that makes sense. I mean, you can maybe find yeah. a diamond in the rough, but like, uh, or a guy who, and again, the, the corner market is, um, might be strong this year and we might be able to get some value given the ca- salary cap issues. Um, some guys are going to have to take some cheaper deals just given the situation, at least just one year deals. But again, for 1.17, I don't know who's going to take that, who's got his talent level, in my opinion. Well, I think, um, you know, even to Tanishka's point there where she was talking about, um, you know, his ability to punt return, right? Like, He's way better than K.J. Osborne. I think we all would agree with that. Um, So that's a part of his game as well where, um, you know, if healthy, you know, he could be a really, really good foundational cornerback for this team. But I think that's the problem. And I think we all do agree um, that that if he can't stay healthy, he's just not worth that fifth-year option. Um, Right. And And we can't cut him because Miles will cry because that's Miles' boy. (laughs) We we don't want to see Miles tearing up. I'm reading Deshaun's comments down there. Never given up more than 60 yards receiving when he takes the majority of his snaps in the slot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He um he hasn't every time every game that he plays in the slot, he's been pretty darn good. He's always struggled on the outside. I think the Dallas game left a really bad taste in people's mouths, but I mean, Cooper is pretty darn good. So there is that, but um, he's a different player when he's in the slot. They did put Gladney in the slot pretty much all of last year. So I guess it really depends on who goes outside, but he, if he can stay healthy again, big if, but um, he's better than Gladney in the slot. Yeah. And I think to your point too, um, I think when people think of Mike Hughes, they think of just like a few moments in time. One I already mentioned, it was that that pick six when he first started his rookie year. The other one was when he got absolutely roasted trying to guard Amari Cooper. Um, I think it was Sunday Night Football last year, or two. It would be two years ago now. And I think I think your point uh, that's ingrained in a lot of fans' memories of like thinking maybe he's worse than he is. Um, but we have to remember at that time. You know, the Vikings were thin at corner and they were asking Hughes to play on the outside, which he's probably not as comfortable with. Um, and to, to Deshaun's point in, in the comments here, uh, you know, the slot is probably the best position for uh, Mike Hughes to play. And so I really do hope that Mike Hughes can get healthy. Um, he can he can ball out this year. Um and I hope that the Vikings can somehow retain him heading into 2022 uh, because I do think he's a good, a good depth piece and he's a solid starter for that slot role. Um, for sure. But, but to your guys' points. Yeah. And to your guys' points. Gladney go ahead. better outside anyway. So that would be ideal if he stays healthy. Yeah, and I, I know we didn't really talk about it uh, pre-show at all, but um, 
you know, I think I think the Vikings can feel comfortable with with a Gladney, Dantzler, Hughes, if healthy, um, and then bringing in an additional vet. I don't know if I would feel comfortable with them just relying on another rookie to come in. Um, and I know Ryan, you probably you know a lot about the free agents, so I don't want to put you on the spot if you, if you're not prepared here. But um, are there yeah, any yeah. free agent corners that that you know of that might be able to come in and fit that that void? Yeah, I think one of my favorite options, He he's kind of coming off a, not a down year, but just an unassuming year. Uh, but he's had he's shown some really great flashes of being really awesome as William Jackson III out of uh, Cincy. Um, big fan of his. Um, I mean, not that this matters, but when I do my Madden franchises, he's one of the guys I typically like to like trade for or sign in the offseason if he's available. Uh, he's just a good, he's a good player. I think he, he plays a slot or I'm sorry, the outside corner uh, back really well. Um, he's got some um, dog in, dog in uh, him a little bit, and I like that in cornerbacks. Again, one of my favorite corners in the league, unfortunately, plays for our rival, um, Jair Alexander. I, I'm always looking for the next him, right? The next guy who's going to be a dog. And William Jackson doesn't have that in him, but he's got a little of it in him. Another guy um, that uh, I, I like is – Again, depending on his cost, he again coming off an injury last year um, is AJ Boye. He got cut from the Broncos, so he could be another really good option. Um, again, depending on price, we're not going to have a ton of money to work with, but uh, and I think he'll likely be a little more expensive than William Jackson, but hopefully not much more. And uh, you can bring him in and again provide veteran leadership to that young group and be a, a good viable, you know, cornerback one, cornerback two, right? Um, I, I see that we have uh, Stephen mentioned uh, Desmond King. I do like Desmond King. Uh, he is a slot only corner, uh, but again, another guy that can play the corner. If you can kick Gladney out, play the slot corner and uh, be a dynamic punt returner because he's a fantastic punt returner. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind that as well. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I, you know, those are a couple of guys that I think would be really awesome. I see Jason's asking, you know, what money? Uh, I agree. Like I said, it, it'd be a hard uh, signing to do. I think uh, Boye would be harder than Jackson, but if you can, you know, allocate resources well and make some good financial decisions in the off season, like you guys were talking about last night, Jason, um, I think you can really get some value in one of these corner uh, with some of these corners in the free agency, just given the fact that uh, we're going to have a weird, I think we're going to have a weird free agency with the salary cap issues. So um, hopefully we can maybe get Jackson for a steal, at least for a one-year deal and a prove it deal, and then maybe we can sign him long-term if needed. Tanishka, any names that that you're kind of thinking of? I did see Deshaun in the comments say. Oh, no. I think we lost her again. I feel like she was going to talk about Xavier Rhodes. Um, he was brought up in the comments. Ryan? Any thoughts on on a reunion tour? I mean, I've always been a big fan of his, uh, but you know, we're not playing that traditional. You know, I I I think Indy was playing more of that cover two, um, cover two, cover three type scheme, and that's not really a scheme that we work with much any at all. Um, I think we're traditionally a little bit more man or off man, which um, Rhodes is a fantastic man corner, but when you get him off man, he just kind of seems lost. He's not twitchy enough to react especially to those shorter routes and that's really what got him in trouble his last year with us so 
Um, I wouldn't mind bringing him back. I always loved Rhodes the player. Um, again, another guy who's got a little dog in him uh, and loves to chirp, but especially with those top top receivers he was shutting down, like Odell. Um, but again, I, I think it's a hard, um, it, it's a probably a hard ask for him at this point in his career uh, to play anything more than what he was thriving in in Indy. And I can't imagine he would go elsewhere at this point unless they just don't have the money, which we all know Indy does. So, is that who you were going to mention, Tanishka? I was, but um, also just to say that I don't think it would be fun to think about, but I don't think it would be realistic. Um, one name that was interesting, I feel like, is Brian Poole on the Jets. I think they'll want him back, but. Um... We just keep missing out. She's got a lot of hot takes and I'm ready to hear them, but we, the, that Internet, we just can't quite find the, the right key there, so. Uh, and make sure you guys follow Tanishka online on Twitter because she does have, you know, some good takes here. Um, I think she was going to talk about Brian Poole again, another guy that I, I remember miles and I specifically were really in on him last free agency. Um, but again, he, he ended up signing for actually a decent contract over with the jets and um, wish we would have given him that money. But yeah, I, I like Brian Poole. I think that's where Tanishka was going to go. I'll let you kind of finish Tanishka now that you're back. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with this, but um, yeah, I think he was solid for them last year. It's just um, we can't really compete with them when it comes to money because they have so much of it. So, I, I mean, I don't see a world where they wouldn't want him back, but I don't know. Anything's possible and he would be a good addition. Yeah, I think I think for the Vikings, at least, when you think about just free agency in general, which can kind of lead us into one of our next topics here, but um given the COVID situation and the cap kind of dropping and, and all that stuff um, it's going to probably put a lot of good players out there um, who want to just sign one year prove it deals because they don't want to take less money. They're going to want to come back out and hit, hit, hit free agency again. So uh, while the jets do have a lot of money and and could retain pool um, it could be a situation too, where they just kind of let them go because there's, there's better options out there. Like they could go, they could go heavy and get some, some other players as well. So um, with that being said, I want to dive right into our other, our other topic here. Um, it, it's trending all the time. I feel like on Vikings Twitter, there's, I don't know what the exact split is, um, but it, I feel like it, I feel like it's 50, 50. Cause I do feel like I see a lot of people who say that, that we should overpay for an elite guard. Um, I feel like you two are both on the same page of guards don't matter. Um, so I want to kind of toss it over to you guys. Uh, Tanishka, you can go first. Do you think that the Vikings should overpay for one of these elite guards? we got Joe Thune. Um, market value on, uh, I saw online, was five years, $76 million. Brandon Scherf, five years, $63 million. Is that something you want the Vikings to do? That's just way, way too much. And I just, I think it's to the point where like bad guards and like really bad guards and really elite guards matter, but the everyone else just does it. Like when you have the worst combo, that matters because that's just, that can screw up a whole offense. But I feel like an average one, um, wouldn't really like make or break your team. And I think 
Yeah, I think she was going to kind of go down the line of, of um, you know, you don't really need elite guard play, right? Like you can really get by with 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 average guard play. I think I think Ezra Cleveland is a perfect example of that, right? Like he stepped in and he did just average. He didn't do, uh, you know, above and beyond what we thought he was probably capable of, but he didn't do horrible, right? He didn't do Drew Samia horrible. Sorry, Ryan. Um, but with that being said, oh, Tanishka, you're back. Why don't you just pick up right where you left off? So you were kind of talking about um, just kind of the average uh, O-line play and how, how you can kind of still function with that. Can you hear us, Tanishka? Not again. All right, Ryan, why don't you give us your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, you would love a Thuni or a Scherf caliber player. I mean, that would be fantastic. That That's the goal, obviously, right, is to get uh, either draft a player or get lucky and sign a player uh like a Wyatt Teller right um I think they ended up drafting they were he was drafted in the fifth round I believe but um get a player like that that can just kind of blow up that's the goal but you can't go out and pay that money to to get that player right it's just it's not feasible especially with our salary cap situation we're just not going to be able to do it um also I don't think it's smart to do that uh you know you take a look at the Cowboys and how much money they invested into uh you know Zach Martin that's great you know, and, and they have a lot of money. They had a lot of money in Travis Frederick. They had a lot of money in Tyron Smith. So they had a lot of money in that offensive line. And where did that get them? They couldn't pay defensive players anything. Um, so you had to rely on drafting that. And again, it, it's a lot easier to cover up a serviceable guard than it is to cover up a serviceable corner or a serviceable defensive end or a serviceable safety or receiver or whatever other position you want to talk about. Um, I think the tackles are very important and we have two very competent ones in O'Neill and Reef. Again, if we keep Reef, that would, that would be smart in my opinion. Um, if we let him go that, that we're taking a big risk because we'll, we we're relying either on a rookie or a free agent signing or, um, Cleveland, which is essentially a rookie at left tackle because um, he played right guard. So um, I, th- I don't think it's smart. I don't think it's a well uh, money well spent. I think you can go get a mid-tier Austin Blythe, a mid-tier, um, I-, I think uh, Filer is becoming a, a popular name amongst uh, Vikings fans here lately um, to fill that void and, and, and give you that um, – give you that – hopefully serviceable play and then you can go and get like a third receiver which again is the other hot button topic that is that needed yes it is needed stop playing around guys thinking it's not important it's very important to have a third receiver because if adam thielen who's aging he's as old as i am so he's aging um goes down or even a justin jefferson tweaks one of those chicken legs that he has uh it, it's it's not going to be a good thing like we're we were going to get some uh, you pushback know, there and don't get me wrong. I love Justin Jefferson. It's just, he does have tiny little legs. He does. I don't know why, but they're tiny, but anyway, you know, or like I said, any injury that comes of that, we're relying on BC Johnson, which he's not a bad player. He's a good wide receiver for probably and good depth piece, but you don't want to rely on him to play 
every down or most downs. Um, so I, I think it's more important to get an average guard, a, a you know, a wide receiver three, and use that money to spread amongst depth and amongst other areas rather than get an elite player at, at the guard position. Deshaun is is lighting up the the, the comment section here, and and he's going to get his chance in a couple of weeks. Here, I'm going to have him on the show. He's got the opposite takes that we have. He wants to go all in on a guard, and he doesn't think we need a third wide receiver. Um, I'm going to give you the stage here, Tanishka. Tell him why he's wrong. Oh, no, she's muted. Hold up there, Deshaun. She's she's going to come in and, and give you what you deserve here. Still can't hear you, Ryan. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you feed him uh, why he's wrong? Again, basically everything that I just said. I mean, you if you spend that, that kind of money on Scherf or on Thuni, you're not going to have any money for anything else. And we have a lot of holes on this team. And to Steven's point, yes, it's a good receiver class. You're 100 percent right. Um, but in my opinion, you need to hedge your bet because. Um, as I was talking with, I think it was Drew Christensen on Twitter earlier today, the, the, we've had some success drafting receivers, um, some success drafting receivers in the later rounds with Diggs and with, you know, obviously Justin Jefferson was a first round pick um, and, and even BC Johnson in the seventh, he's a serviceable guy. But we've also had a ton of misses. I mean, guys that don't make the team, Stacey Coley and Rod, Rodney Adams and um, – you know, Laquan Treadwell. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you miss on too in the draft. So yes, it's a deep class, but are we going to hit like we hit with Justin Jefferson? Or are we going to flop like we did with Treadwell? And again, I'm, I'm not saying that they're considering using the 14th pick, even though if Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle or, um, or uh, uh, Chase fall to us, that'd be great. I mean, I'd love that, but um, that's probably not going to happen. So hedging your bet with like a Keelan Cole, who's also got returnability, and then going and maybe drafting a guy in the you know fourth, third, fourth round to kind of hedge that bet. That's uh, I mean I think that's smart football. That's smart football because receivers do get hurt, and it's um, that's one of the most important positions on offense. So you want to have plenty of them, and you don't want to be relying on a guy like BC Johnson to be anything more than a fourth, fifth receiver in, on your team. So you're hedging your bet by signing a Keelan Cole, which is what's you know, which is what you know we're suggesting. And again, he's the popular name because he uh, has a relationship with Keenan McCardell, who's our new receiver coach. But and then and then hedging your bet, like Steven's saying, by drafting a receiver as well, uh, maybe in the mid rounds, like a um what's the cat out of Ole Miss that Jason loves I'm drawing a blank on his name um Tylen Wallace <laughs> is is a popular name among some Viking fans I really like Daz Newsom and Diami Brown from uh Tar Heels um so yes there's some good talent in the draft but there's also um I think you should hedge your bet with it like a mid-tier signing low level signing like a Keelan Cole Tanishka we got your mic working again I don't think so, man. That's disappointing. That's so weird, yeah. Very quiet. So um, 
we'll just we'll just kind of keep moving along here. Um, I want to get to Elijah Moore. Who is Elijah Moore? I see him lighting up the chat. Yeah, he's the Ole Miss receiver that Jason's in love with, and uh, and and I agree. I, he's a great player, so um, he's the Ole Miss uh, receiver that likely is going to probably end up being, I think, a second round pick. Maybe maybe he falls to the third, but I think he's showing a lot more promise than uh, what the early um, early indications showed uh, in in the mock draft season. So, I saw a. Uh, can you hear me now? Does that work? Yeah, we can. Awesome. Okay, cool. I saw, I think it was from PFF I saw earlier today about a stat about how Elijah Moore creates the most separation. Um, so I think that he's an easy option that you can just like put in the slot and roll as receiver three. So do we think that, uh, that we should sign a guy like Keelan Cole and then go and get a guy like Elijah Moore in the draft. Is that kind of like the vibe I'm getting here? I want to do both. I just think that they have like for Minnesota right now, we have two amazing elite receivers and then we have a bunch of borderline McDonald's workers. So I think that (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit harsh, but I do think that we need not one, but two like average guys as depth. Yeah, I mean, I I personally agree as well. Um, I've talked about it in length uh, on on a few different shows, and I know I'm seeing Drew Bunting's in here. I know, David, I know that's your guy. Um, He's kind of trashing Keelan Cole a little bit. I saw Flip trash him as well. Um, A little plug for next week. I have a guy, his name's Steven Turner, um, and he's the host of 102.7 ESPN's show, The Game, out in Kentucky, and he actually used to call college games um, for Keelan Cole, and he'll be on next week. So I want you guys to come back next week um, in the chat and, and make sure that that you listen to what he has to say because he says Keelan Cole's got a great story. Um, he'd be a perfect fit for this offense. He'd fill that wide receiver three spot. He'd fill that punt return role. Um, so while y'all are sitting there just trashing him, uh, Hold that thought and come back next week because I promise my guy Steven is going to turn your opinion around. Uh, hey, I don't know why there's hate on him. I mean, he's going to be a low-cost guy that can play wide receiver three and punt returner, and he'll come cheap. I mean, he's not going to be an expensive signing. And all he did was outperform what he was supposed to do in Jacksonville. He overtook my boy, D.D. Westbrook, on that Jacksonville – a depth chart and he just kept showing up and making plays and making plays when given the opportunity. Um, and it pains me to say it. I hated the guy because I wanted DD Westbrook to blow up and be the be- next best thing. And he didn't because Keelan Cole kind of kept him at bay at, at, at a certain point. And it, it, I, like I said, I'm not saying he's going to be like the, you know, savior of this, of this offense, but I think he'll be able to provide good quality depth uh, at wide receiver three and at punt return for cheap, like for cheap. Flip is sitting there talking crap about Aldrick Robinson. Do we not remember what he did the first year he was here? Make plays after play after play. I mean, touchdown, I think he scored like five touchdown, touchdowns. Touchdown. I don't know. I don't know. Flip, I want you on in a couple of weeks when Deshaun's on, 
and you guys are going to go at it. I want to hear what you have to say because because y'all are just spitting nonsense in the chat tonight. What did you think about Aldrich Tanishka? Do you like Aldrich Aldrich Robinson when he was here? I did. Yeah, I thought that he was a good like third option, and he because I'm pretty sure him and Kirk had played together previously too, so you could see that chemistry already there. And yeah, he was a good deep threat. He had a couple like 20, 30 yard touchdowns too. So I don't know. I thought he was decent. Better than I do too. Now, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think to your point, you could see that connection from Kirk. Um, Kirk wanted him in. He got him. And then all we saw were touchdowns. And if that's what a wide receiver three is doing, sign me up for that every day of the week. Um, Cause that's what I want. Ryan, you look like you got something to say. Well, Flip's making a comment on here, and he's just lighting up the chat, which I love. I love all of the engagement here, guys. Keep it coming. I love it. It it gives us things to talk about outside of just a pure script that we have going off of. He's saying that wide receiver three is a starter in a modern offense. I agree 100%. He is a starter in a modern offense. And do we run a modern offense? That's the question. Because last year we did not. Last year we ran an offense from – you know, 2000. So, which was very effective back then. And it, obviously it worked for us last year. I mean, we, we put up some good offensive last year. numbers. Yeah. Was, we put up some good offensive numbers last year, but we don't know what we're going to get from Clint Kubiak. And uh, like I said, uh, and I agree, yes, wide receiver three is important and it is part of the modern offense. And that's why I'm saying let's double down. Let's go grab a guy to hedge our bet. And then let's go grab a rookie again, not the high draftable rookie, unless again, one of those top three guys falls to us, uh, but go grab a Diami Brown and uh, hopefully he falls in the third round or go grab a Daz Newsom in the fourth round guys who can go and play who have been effective in college football. Um, Elijah Moore, like I said, you know, I, I just don't know if we'll be able to be drafting him. Cause I think he's going to go at least second round, but there's a lot of guys in this draft as Steven mentioned earlier, and uh, we, we can go and, and hedge our bet from our signing with like a, again, a Keelan Colt type. It doesn't have to be him. He's just a popular name because of the relationship with our wide receiver coach. So I want to switch gears here. Um, we've, we've said his name before. Um, I do miss Jarius Wright as well. There was a comment in the chat. I, I miss Jarius Wright. That was my wife's favorite player when he, when he was here, never should have let him go. I just wish he would have played special teams. Um, Cause that's probably the reason he was uh, cut anyway, moving on Kirk cousins every week. I feel like I'm going to be done talking about this. And then someone just throws some firewood on the, like on the fire and uh, it just stokes it. And here we are again. So Peter King came out this week. I feel like everybody's talking about it. Blockbuster three-way trade proposal. Niners receive Kirk cousins. Texans receive Jimmy G. 49ers first, Anthony Barr, Alexander Madison, and a Vikings uh, Vikings 21, 2021 first, 2023 first, 2022 second, 2022 third. Vikings received Deshaun Watson. Are you guys pulling the trigger? Would you do this? It's a lot. It's a lot to give up. Um, and I talked about this a little bit on mock draft Monday. Uh, if you weren't uh, listening in, then, uh, tune in on Mondays. I, I host a show with, 
um, Tyler Fornes, and we we talk just mock draft Mondays. We do mock drafts for the Vikings, but we touched base on, on this just a tad bit on on Monday, and it's a lot to give up. Uh, there's a lot of talent that you can get out of this um, out of this class, and hopefully future classes with those picks. But that's assuming that we make the correct picks, which right, it's a what in the first round, it's like a 50-50 shot. Anything behind, you know, beyond that, again, it, it just gets lower and lower and lower. So um, when you have a guaranteed franchise quarterback for the um, who's only 25 years old, uh, that you would have him locked in for the you know long term. I think I pull the trigger, make the deal. You know, uh, we'll have to draft really, really well, um, and of course, um, you know, make some really good, smart decisions with our money in the free agency. But I think it's worth that risk and to guarantee yourself a quarterback who's only 25. So you've got at least probably 10 years, hopefully 15 of good quality, high caliber play from that guy who's shown to be what I view as wide or quarterback two in this league. Um, and then you figure the rest out later. Um, I think it's the smartest move going, you know, for the long-term future. Uh, but again, it is a tough pill to swallow because it is a lot of draft capital and you're losing one of your key, um, key defenders in, in Anthony Barr, which again, I think it's a highly, high, um, highly replaceable position, but he's not an easily replaceable player, if that makes sense. So what are, yeah. what are your thoughts, it, Tanishka? Yeah, while we got you here, Tanishka, um, we got to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I would do it. I just think that at that point, Watson is such an upgrade from Cousins that it's worth it. Um, I It would hurt me because Barr is one of my favorite people, and seeing him go would be heartbreaking but i it's i mean it's worth it it's not as bad as i thought either i thought it would be like more first round picks but they do get that one from san fran so that sort of helps as well but i think i think it's worth it yeah and i think that speaks volumes coming from you because uh you know i think with your with your twitter presence you kind of hold yourself as a i want to say a kirk cousins defender but one of the more realistic Kirk Cousins defenders. And so the fact that I feel like you are willing to pull the, like, like say yes to this deal uh, speaks volumes. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I agree. I think, I think bar, like we saw what, what the defense was without bar this year. Right. I think that's, that's a big void. Um, and that, that we're all looking forward to him coming back next year. Um I think we all know how easy it is to kind of replace that running back position. Um, albeit I do love Alexander Madison. I love his hurdles. Um, they make for, for cool highlight videos and get you stoked during the game. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, I think the point comes back to what Ryan said and you need to be able to, to nail these first round picks, right? That's the whole thing you need. There's just this assumption amongst Vikings Twitter, when we speak about trading these draft picks for Deshaun Watson, we know what Deshaun Watson is. We don't know what these draft picks are. They could be Garrett Bradbury and Laquan Treadwell. Like, and if you're asking me right now, if I trade those two for Deshaun Watson, I'm saying yes every day. But for some reason we have people out on Vikings Twitter, um, yeah, I, I don't go on Reddit very much, but I'm sure there's people there as well who are just like, no, I'm not, I'm not Kirk is QB one and he will be forever. And I just think 
when you have an opportunity like that blockbuster that's proposed by by Peter King, you just have to have to take that deal. You know, I'm okay. I I like Kirk. I like the dude. I just think that Deshaun is such an upgrade over him that even if it's a little pricey or even if you're a little nervous about all those picks, at that point it's worth it because then you don't have to worry about that position for like what, ten years? And it it's just it's okay that way because even then, I think that Deshaun, too, can mask more holes than Kirk ever could on this team. So maybe we wouldn't be super competitive right away, but we'd we'd get our we'd have first round picks in a few years again. And if he'd be here for like a whole decade, then we'd be competitive for most of the time. Well, yeah, and I think that you also have to think about Rick Rick Spielman's track record, assuming he's still here um, in the late rounds, right? Like he's found gems from the round two and on. So like, I know we, we, we look at the first round, it's the biggest sell from, from an NFL fan's perspective. We love it. Um, we all know those names, whereas we probably don't know the later rounds as well. Um, but there's still a lot of talent to be had in those later rounds. So if I'm just giving up one of my seven picks, granted it's the first round, um, there's still, you know, six more rounds to, to get another guy who, who can make an immediate immediate impact. You know, I'm talking Brian O'Neill was a second round pick. Dalvin Cook was a second round pick. You know, and you know, we got But we Davis are losing we are losing two second round picks in this as well. So I mean are we? so the way I look the way I look at the trade is that you're trading away Kirk Cousins to the Niners for a first in Jimmy. And then you're turning around and trading three first, two seconds and Jimmy for Watson. Which again, and Barr and Madison, and Barr and, and Madison, yes. Yeah. So tough pill to swallow. That's a lot of draft capital. That's a lot of uh, you know. Obviously, Anthony Barr, um, Jimmy G's a competent quarterback. He, I would I wouldn't put him in the top half of the league or anything, but um, it's a lot of draft capital for for a player. But again, when you're set for the most important position in the league for ten years, hopefully, that that that's huge. But Again, this assuming that Watson would waive his no trade clause to come here, which he's apparently reportedly said he's only willing to be traded to the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. So we have that as well. So, uh, you know, I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think um, Rick's going to mortgage our future, so to speak, and uh, and risk the continuity that he has going into him and Zimmer's likely final season if they can't produce. So I, I think that we're going to probably stand pat um, and and try to win some games this year so they can save their jobs. Uh, two two points to what you just said. Uh, one, I I agree with you. I, I was just listening to listening to Locked On Vodka Vikings, not vodka. Locked On Vikings uh, by Luke Braun, and he had Chad Graff on, who pretty much said um, Vikings right now. No interest uh, in in trading Kirk Cousins, um, so so I, I do agree that we'll probably end up sticking with him, which is fine. Uh, but to to Flip's point, and I want to kind of get back to this. Uh, we talked about all the things that we would trade. You kind of broke up the trade a little bit. Uh, are we not getting enough for Kirk Cousins in this deal? Because when you think about it, uh, we saw Stafford the other week go for two first round picks, albeit 
Uh, Jared Goff was a big reason why another one of those picks was included. Uh, we just saw the other week Carson Wentz go to Indianapolis without a first-round pick. It was as like second and third, I think. Yeah. Um, so are we not getting enough back in this blockbuster proposal from Peter King for Kirk Cousins, or should we should we be giving up less is what I'm asking. Tanishka, why don't you take it away? So in this, we would technically be getting Jimmy and a first from San Francisco. And I think that's enough. I mean, like the Stafford deal, people reference that a ton, but it's mostly because Jimmy, he has a really cheap contract. You can cut him and save like everything. But um, with Stafford and Goff, the extra pick was solely to get out of Goff's money. So I don't think, I think... I think of Kirk and Stafford sort of as the same when it comes to this sort of stuff. So um, in reality, if it wasn't like with the Rams, I feel like Stafford would have gone for a first and maybe a third. But um, I think that this is fair just because I feel like as a fan base, some of us tend to overrate Kirk just a bit. I've seen stuff where people think we can get multiple firsts for him. And I think that's a little pricey, especially with his contract as well. I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think Kirk should go for? If it, Like if you're GM right now, what would you, I know you said Jimmy in a first, and I assume that's the 12th overall pick, but what would you give away Kirk Cousins for? If, um, I would do something like Jimmy and a first, or I would do something like, I don't know, maybe Denver or Carolina and try to get like the eighth pick or the ninth pick, which they have. And um, I would do... Bring in Teddy like, back? Do what? Are you okay bringing Teddy back? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the dude. I mean, at that point, you know, you're in for like a two or three year kind of rebuild. And I feel like he'd be a good like bridge quarterback, no pun intended. But like, because um, you would, if you had, if you did trade Kirk, then you would end up with like picks eight and 14, for example. And you could package those and move into the top five super easily and get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, whoever you want. And then you can let them sit behind Teddy for a year or two and then go from there as you rebuild. Ryan, if you're GM, what are you giving up Kirk for? Peanuts. No, I'm just joking. Um, No, I mean, let me backtrack a little bit here to the trade, right? To the Peter King trade and Flip's comment of are we valuing or are we devaluing Kirk here? In, you know, in a vacuum, yes, we are. But when you take a look, if you take if you take San Francisco out of that deal and just giving up what we're giving up specifically and just working directly with Houston, which I know it's not the case here, but Kirk Cousins, Barr, Madison, two firsts and two seconds, right? I think that's what the deal would be. Yeah. Um, is that too much for is that too much for Watson? I don't think so. Um, cause essentially what's the asking price for Watson is three firsts and, uh, and a quality defensive player. And I think, uh, I, I think, you know, it might be a little pricey, but I think it's about an even trade. So now if we're trading Kirk for Jimmy and, uh, Jimmy and 12, 
I think that's devaluing him. I think he's worth more than that. In my personal opinion, I wouldn't really care. I mean, I would take Jimmy just to be kind of the bridge and the the, the mentor, so to speak, to hopefully a rookie that we bring in. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but I, I would almost rather get an additional pick rather than Jimmy. So, yeah, a, a Stafford-type trade, a first and a second, a first and a third, um, I think is really what his value is. He, You know, we always dog at his contract. It's It was bad, uh, so to speak, when we first signed him. But now more and more quarterbacks are getting paid, and now he's becoming, you know, less and less of the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And even though his cap hit still straps us from a cap standpoint to really build the team he needs around him to be successful, um, he's not – overvalued at this point from a contract standpoint anymore so we can't really use that as a crutch in our argument against kurt and he's a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback he's a good quarterback he's serviceable he's top 12 maybe top 10 he's not better than baker but he's good and (laughs) i just threw that in matt i'm sorry uh but you know, he's a good quarterback I, and, and we, we need to make sure that we're getting value to Flip's point to for him if we are going to get rid of him because he's not a slap quarterback. He's not Ponder. He's not uh, Case Keenum. Like he, he's not a bad quarterback. He's actually a good one. We should get value back for him. And I think we can do that if we decide to move him, move on from him with the Niners or you know, if Denver or Carolina are interested in him, but we need to make sure we're getting proper value. But if you're going to get Watson, you go get Watson and you trade what you need to, because again, 25 year old for the next 10 to 15 year quarterback, you're set. And he's a high, he's, he's QB two in my mind. So um, I, I would make that deal. How many untouchables on the current Vikings roster? I don't care if they're impending free agents or not. We'll just say from last year, how are? Hey, hey hold, hold on, hold on one second, Matt. Hold on one second. Flip just it. said that we're saying Kirk is less valuable than Wentz. Tanishka and I both just said that we would trade. We would need at least a first and another round pick, like a, a, a third round or a high caliber quarterback that can be that bridge, like Jimmy or like Teddy or Drew Locke, even for an example. I don't think that's worse than what Wentz just got traded for, which is what a second and a third. Like, I don't see how first, that comment right? makes sense. Conditional first. I know. I think it, is it? A, no, it's a conditional second. I think, isn't it? I swear it's a conditional I, first. No, it's if, a conditional second. second. And if he yeah. plays seventy percent and makes the playoffs, or seventy-five percent and doesn't make the playoffs, it goes to a first. Okay. Okay. You know, we're talking about. I know, uh, David. I know. I saw your chat there about money uh, in Kirk Cousins' contract. Ryan alluded to it. Tanishko alluded to it. I don't think that Kirk Cousins' contract is that outrageous. Um, I think the part that sucks about it, it's not the cost, right? His cap hit is is whatever. The shitty thing about Kirk Cousins in his contract is the fact that it's guaranteed, right? You can't move anything around unless you extend them. That's and that's shame on the Vikings. Shame on Rob Brzezinski for allowing that to happen in the first place, right? He's the only player that's gotten that to happen. And we're seeing the repercussions of that. You have to keep extending him if you want cap hits to go down. And 
it's a it's a foolproof like method for Kirk Cousins and his agent because he just gets to sit there and be like, okay, so March whatever rolls around and now I get my contract fully guaranteed for 2022. Like, whereas all these other players, you know, they're getting approached. Riley Reef getting approached for pay cuts. You can't do that with Kirk Cousins. You have to extend him if you want that cap hit to go down. And I think that's the worst part about Kirk Cousins' contract. I think he's lived up to it just fine, honestly. Um, but the fact that it's guaranteed has put the Vikings in such a bad position. Um, whereas, like, most teams can kind of shift the money of their quarterback around. And I, I, th- I honestly think that's the worst part about Kirk Cousins' contract. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I think that's why he like partially signed here as well. Cause I know he I think Tanishka's trying to talk, but I can't hear her. No, not again. <laughs> I thought I heard her, but um anyway, we can just keep moving on. You know, the show is almost done here. Um I hope Tanishka gets her mic fixed here because this last section is pretty much dedicated to her. I think we all have like fan favorites um, across the league. We all know that Ryan loves his Oklahoma guys. He loves Baker Mayfield. Those are like his stands. I think we all know that, that my guy is Stefan Diggs and Tanishka. Hers is Justin Jefferson. uh, And she I'm su- I'm surprised he hasn't responded to the tweets that that she sends out to him. Um, but I just wanted to give a little spotlight appreciation section to Justin Jefferson um, and just kind of highlight how impressive his last year was um, from a from a perspective of a rookie coming in. Uh, everyone expected him to do kind of worse than Stefan Diggs, right? Like. I remember saying, like, he can't do what Stephon Diggs here did here, and he did. And I, I ate my own words on that. I think he's a great player. Um, I see you're back with us, Tanishka. I want you to to give us give us something on Justin Jefferson. It's your appreciation spotlight. Uh, so give it to us if you got it. Okay, can you hear me now? I I can. Let's go. Yeah, no, it was crazy to me as well because, okay, it's crazy because in the pre-draft process last year, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of Justin. Um, I, yeah, my evaluation on him was so, so wrong, which is also kind of why I like him more because he proved me really wrong. Like, I thought he was the whole slot receiver, um, sort of like schemed up by LSU, all that fun stuff that he's not. And that's why I didn't really want him that much. I also didn't think he was going to be there because I thought Philadelphia would, you know, (laughs) obviously pick him. But um, I was surprised when he was there. And then I was sort of disappointed that we took him because I just thought that he wasn't going to be an outside receiver like Stefan Diggs was. And I was like, did we really just lose Diggs for a slot receiver? And um, but then I felt the same way. (laughs) Week three came around and I was like, Okay, and then, because 
when he went off and he went off on the outside, I was like, okay, never mind. Um, he can play outside. And that was like the big thing for me because um, I expected like going into the year to, for him to be like a, I don't know, 700 yard guy, uh, get some yards in the slot, all that fun stuff. But yeah, I don't think anybody expected that out of him. So it was fun. It was crazy fun. And no preseason either, because if they had that, he would have started week one and two and gotten more yards possibly. So it's impressive. Yeah, he uh, he was outstanding and beyond anything that I imagined. And when when we look back at that clip and see Rick and, and Zim kind of just laughing at the Eagles for taking Jalen Rager, um, I get it now, right? Like, I'm laughing. Like, you idiots. Why would you not take him? Like, he could have – Carson Wentz is maybe still there, right, if you have Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver for the Eagles. Like, it changes an entire franchise. And I just can't speak enough good things about Justin Jefferson's versatility, um, the way he cuts in and out of his routes, his intelligence um, in year one. Like, we're seeing him – we got corners going against them and, and they're just, they're falling on their asses left and right here. And it's just, he's incredible. And I'm hesitating getting a Jersey because I feel like every Viking player that I get as a Jersey, they just end up leaving. And I don't want to put that jinx on Justin Jefferson. I want him here. I want him to stick around for a long time. Um, Ryan, Give us some thoughts here on on Justin Jefferson and his a little appreciation spotlight here. Yeah, um, I appreciate him because uh, he actually did respond to one of my tweets, <laughs> and uh, and he he uh, actually ended up uh, for the Pepsi Rookie of the Year campaign thing. He quote tweeted my tweet about him. He, you know, showed some love and actually entered me into a contest and I'm winning a signed mini helmet um, that I'll give to my son, which I'm pretty excited about. So big fan, big fan of Justin Jefferson because of that. Um, but, and, and was already, I, so it's a love hate thing with him a little bit. And again, this is going back to my Oklahoma ties. Um, CD lamb is my boy. He is probably my favorite non uh, Baker Mayfield player in the league. And he's better than CD lamb. And it makes me sad because I wanted CD lamb to be the best receiver in this class. I wanted CD lamb to be the best receiver in the league. And I can't say that Justin. I can't honestly say Justin Jefferson's better. I can make up some stuff that I have done on Twitter saying that CD has more competition, that he has to compete with Cooper and with the Gallup and with, you know, all of these players for targets, but, it's just that Justin Jefferson's better. So um, much appreciation for him. I think he's a phenomenal receiver. I think the sky's the limit for the kid. Um, I'm super excited that he's on our team. I'm glad that Philly passed on him uh, because we probably would be sitting here with a Jalen Rager, who's not a horrible player, but he's not Justin Jefferson. And um, and, and really excited to see how he continues to grow because he's got a huge shoes to fill that he left behind for rookie year into his sophomore year to repeat and hopefully increase um, either from a yardage or from a uh, TD standpoint. Cause that's the only thing he didn't do elites, so to speak was score a ton of touchdowns. Cause they all went to Thielen. 
Um, but I, if you go back and look at the tape, he was open on probably half of Thielen's touchdowns anyway. So uh, it yeah. was just dealer's choice at that point. So um, I love the kid. I'm super excited. I, I am elated that he's here and uh, we're in, we're in good hands with him. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. I'm glad we have him. Um, and I would love to get his buddy Jamar Chase here uh, as well with that number 14 pick. And I, I think he'd be just as thrilled. So um, I'm surprised uh, Tanishka didn't jump through the screen and, and try and strangle you when you said that he responded to your your tweet <laughs> and not hers. Um, oh but, but I know he did like one of her Instagram comments. So yes. <laughs> uh, he, he knows she's around. Anyway. Um, I want to thank you guys both for for coming on uh, Vikings Happy Hour this week. I know we had some connection issues, uh, and we'll get that fixed for next time. But um, you know, it's always fun fun to kind of have these conversations, and uh, you know, I'm excited uh, to to talk about this with you guys in the future. Uh, we got some draft stuff coming up, and for for all the the guests in chat here, I, I think I mentioned it earlier. But we have Steven Turner, the host of ESPN's 102.7 The Game out of Kentucky. Uh, he's going to hop on next week and kind of talk some Keelan Cole. And then I'm, I'm hoping for Tyler uh, Forness to kind of get on here and talk about some quarterbacks for the upcoming 2020, uh, 2021 draft here. So um, come back next week, 8 p.m. Central, um, and continue to come back. Like, subscribe. Uh, we got a lot of good guests coming up. Um, including Darren Wolfson from KSTP and Score North. So, so stay tuned for that one. That that one will be announced soon. So, uh, thank you guys and and have a good night. Awesome, you too. Thanks, Matt. David, you're muted. <laughs> I want to thank. Tanishka for joining us tonight, Ryan and Matt, you too, and everybody in the comments. I know last week I told you that I was expecting my second grandson. Well, it looks like it's going to happen within 48 hours. My daughter dropped a water burst this evening, so it is close. It is coming. Let's go. Next week, the show will go on as planned. However, Jason Brown, the man of renown, may be running it. Until then, all you guys stay safe, stay sound, and join us tomorrow night because I'm not leaving before Friday. Tomorrow night, we have Viking Hot Take with Donnie's favorite host, Flip Mozzie, and Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman going at it. See you then. Skull, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.